What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Document your employees and your staff's infractions. The deviations in which they did not meet the expectations that you clearly explained to them at the point of hire. That they clearly answer to you, yes, I understand these expectations. Now, if you haven't done that, then shame on you, and you have no business getting upset with an employee for whatever silly-ass reason. Well, they should just know better to do that. No, they fucking shouldn't. Take responsibility. This is You're the quarterback of the team, motherfucker. When gym owners are like, yeah, well, I didn't write it down that they shouldn't do that, but they, they should just know to do that. Here's the thing is, and I'm going to do the, the, the example everybody gives. I want an employee who passes by garbage on the ground and picks it up and throws it away. I, me, Stu Brower personally, I want that person too. Because I want a person whose core values where they see the trash on the ground and they say, hey, this is my house. I represent this house. This house represents me. I'm going to pick this up. I don't care who threw it on the ground. I don't care who did it, who didn't do it, whose job it was to pick it up, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pick it up. I want that too. However, when gym owners take that example, right, that notion of, well, I want their core values and their, their personal North Star to be one in which they are willing to do extra work for my business outside of their scope of work. Because I guarantee you, none of you motherfuckers have in your job description picks up the garbage on the ground when they pass it and see it on the ground because someone else didn't pick it up. It's, it's not there. Yet we want people who embody the kind of person that would do that anyway. Well, then guess what? You have to hire for that. I've literally had a gym owner. I mean, it's that exact scenario, the garbage scenario. where like, I just don't get it, man. My This guy, he's referring to a coach, he'll walk by a Gatorade, an empty Gatorade bottle on the ground, doesn't pick it up. And, and I'm like, yeah, it sucks, man. I, I kind of wish he was the kind of person who would pick it up. Because I know, right? Isn't that ridiculous? I'm like, well, no, it's not ridiculous. Just because that's what I would want him to be and what you want him to be doesn't mean that's who he has to be. It's actually not ridiculous at all. In fact, it's ridiculous that that's what we would expect of someone in which we didn't properly vet, inform, or educate them first. What do you mean, student? I don't understand what that means. When you hired him, did you ask him, hey, given this scenario, you're walking across the gym floor, you see some garbage on the ground, what do you do? Did you ask him that? Well, no, I just expect, see, there's where you went wrong. You were setting expectations for a stranger. Did you know him prior to him coming in for an interview? Well, no, I mean, I got his resume, we talked on the phone, but okay, so you don't fucking know him from anybody, and you already have an expectation as to who he is? Like, you know, like, when they talk about who, like, your true reputation, your true personal character, it's what you do when nobody's looking, and you have an expectation of who his true personal character should be? We'll get back to the podcast in just a minute. Concept validation. If you have an idea for a brick and mortar gym of any variety and you want somebody to validate the concept, to poke holes in it, to shark tank it, to find where the opportunities are, 
and where the vulnerabilities are in your existing model so you don't make hundreds of thousands of dollars of mistakes in the process, shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. Concept validation is one of my favorite projects to take on with consulting clients. And I promise you, a little bit of proactive measure now can save you hundreds of thousands, if not complete failure down the line. Guys, get back to the podcast. Enjoy. You've, you've never met this guy before. I'm like, I agree with you. That's what I would hunt for. That's what I would hire. But that's not what you did. You you took a, a job. You posted a job interview. You took an application. You brought him in for an interview. You even fucking hired him. You never once brought this up. So who's to blame? Ding ding ding. The answer is always us, fuckers. It always is our fault because we're generally short sighted in the in the course of action as a small business owner. It's just, it's, it's naivete. It's just, we haven't done it before. I get it. It's, you're doing a thousand things. I, I empathize with it, but hopefully through this and you know, the other shit I put out content wise, it gives you some, you know, you're holding the mirror and looking at yourself and saying like, all right, well, fuck. Okay. Like, sure. That's who I want. That's obviously not who he is. So we got to that point in the conversation. I'm like, okay, so whatever. It doesn't matter. You fucked up. You didn't, you know, you didn't run this before, whatever with this guy. He's not that guy. No, no, he's not, Stu. He's definitely not. Like, he doesn't do that. And even the stuff that is part of the job description that he knows he should be doing, he's not He's not meeting his expectations. Cool. Why is he still working here? Well, uh, it's hard because... That's what they always say. Ugh, it's hard because, you know, he's friends with people who pay me money. That's generally what it comes down to. Like, he's really close with a lot of the members, man. It's, you know, it's hard. I'm like, no, what's going to be hard is your entire tenure in business. Cause this is the, this is like an eight out of 10 on the bitch assness for a business owner. It's, it's going to be hard to fire him because he's friends with a handful. Of, do you believe that in your entire career of owning a gym, that there's going to be trainers who don't have some sort of friendship or additional relationship basis with these people? Does that seem like a realistic thing to you? No, it's not. There, everyone that works in the, again, especially the small business level, there's generally going to be some friendships and stuff for them. Some, and what you see is it generally ages up. It's the, the 20 and young 30-year-olds that create the real tight-knit relationships with all the members. And I know I'm making a blanket statement here, but I bet you I'm still probably, on an average, pretty accurate. They make, a, they make additional relationships with the customers. Right, their first relationship that they had with them was coach and member, trainer and client. But then they put on additional relationships on top of there. Some of them are just platonic friends, some of them are romantic, so on and so forth. However, when you start looking at people more tenured in the fitness industry, late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, they're beyond that. They're like, you know, they, they've, they've, how am I I'm trying to say this in the least dickheadish way possible, which I don't know why. It's my fucking show. <laughs> you can't cancel me. Uh, they are the least concerned with that addition of the, you know, that extra layer of relationship, mainly because their age, right? They're like, I've got all my friends. Like when you're 40, you've got all your fucking friends. Like you're going to make new friends kind of, but not really. 
Um, I mean, I guess you can, I don't make it a blanket statement on that, but like you're content, you're there for a job, you're a professional. You realize, yeah, I have a, I have a great relationship with these people outside the gym, but I, that's not like, that's not the core relationship. I don't get it twisted. Like I, you know, I might've when I was in my twenties and young thirties. So when you're an owner and you're having these conversations with the employee that has committed the infractions, I want you to be able to kind of like zoom out and look at this. We'll see this entire kind of domino effect of, you know, uh, you know, reactions and, you know, step by step how you kind of ended up here. You hired someone whose core values didn't align with that of the business. You had expectations of an individual that you never should have had because you never even checked to see if they could meet or want to meet those expectations. What do you think? Someone should just walk in and be like, oh, oh my God, I've got a chance to work out it. CrossFit East. Holy shit. Oh my God. I got to, I, no, this is bigger than me. I have got to pick up that fucking Gatorade bottle. This is bigger than me. Shut the fuck up. Like that's not, that's not what anyone's thinking. I know it'd be nice if they thought that, uh, but it's not, it's not how the real world works. You have got, if you want something, kids, you got to ask for it. If you want shit done, you have to lay it out for the employee. I started off this podcast with the hook. You have to document the infractions of your employees. When that happens, when you hey Johnny, come on, Johnny, I want to have a quick meeting with you. You literally right there. And when I say document, I mean it. it you don't. I don't care if you have a piece of paper. Like if you quote unquote, should you sure should you print it up, have it, give it to them, sign it? Sure. I'm not. I'm less worried about that. So from a practical standpoint, I'm not your fucking lawyer. But from a practical standpoint, you can just have it pulled up on the. You're like, hey, listen, I'm going to be documenting this. I've got a file on you guys, you know, for your performance reviews every 90 days. I've got the highlights and the lowlights. This is one of the lowlights. A lowlight is you not meeting the expectations. This is the expectation you didn't meet. And I've already done a podcast on this prior. Was, I think it was like two, three months ago. But this is the expectation you didn't meet. What can I do to ensure you're successful in meeting this expectation going forward? That individual likely will not have anything for you. They just like, okay, well, now that I know, or, oh, no, you're right. I should just not be a piece of shit. Or, no, actually, I do. I need a, I need a CRM to blah, blah, blah. Or whatever it is they need for the expectation that they did not hit. But you want to document all of those. Because come the 90-day performance review, you should be looking at that prior. And like before you go to bed or prepping for that meeting, whatever it is, and be thinking, what am I going to do with this guy? I asked you guys earlier, I said, why are the, if someone is continuously still fucking up, if you say to yourself internally or out loud to others, man, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have hired him. Then why are they still working for you? Why? Well, because I don't want to coach the fight again. It's, it's you were this big, badass entrepreneur. Like I'll put it all on my back. I'll fucking go into credit card debt and I'll coach every class and I'll work out of a shitty little warehouse. Like I'm this like started from the bottom. Now I'm here, badass entrepreneur in the beginning. But, but then daddy got to sleep in for a few years because he hired coaches for the 5.30 a.m. And now he don't like to wake up that early anymore. Shut the fuck up. Like, if this person is fucking up your thing, if you see them long-term causing a problem in the business and you don't have anyone else on your team that can pick that up, I mean, terminate him or she or her, it, whatever the fuck, and go to another coach and say, listen, uh, I let so-and-so go. 
I have seven shifts per week that I need picked up. I know you've been asking me for additional coaching shifts or more opportunities. Are you willing to take on this extra opportunity? If you don't have that and you have to pick it up, pick it the fuck up. I am telling you, it is so worth you having to do the thing in order for you to, to for you to write the ship. Because here's what happens. We get complacent and lazy. The average gym owner that is stuck slash fucked because they, as you'll hear in a second, they can't unfuck it because they're what's they're causing the, the fucked situation. It's the gym owner who gets complacent with subpar performance in his staff but puts up with it because they they've inherited some level of laziness. They don't want to do it. Or they're like concerned of the, the emotional relationships tied between them and the owner, them and the members. And so it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna put my I'm just gonna accept a C minus for the rest of my business career. Yeah, no, you're not, because that C minus is gonna eventually become a D. And then a D, you guys get it, is going to decline and you are no longer going to have a business worth anything at, at a certain point. Because you allowed yourself to become complacent to this subpar below expectation based on the org chart and the the role that you have for this individual based on that performance. So start documenting every infraction. Have conversations, even the small ones. I like I was like, yeah, the other day I'm so you got on a call with me. You could tell he's kind of pissy. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, ah, just fucking annoyed. The the coach he's referring to constantly like just does I, t- I mean literally our opening procedures are written down Stu I've taken him through it six times six times we've walked through it yet he still misses this this and this in the opening procedures I'm like cool pretty sure we've never talked about him so this is news to me because I would have told you after the third time to terminate his relationship in that role either let him go completely or find another role for him if you think that's applicable it's again. It's just. It, it's like six times, man. It, it. He's just not doing it. It's not like opening procedures require an MBA. He's just not doing. It. He's not meeting the expectations. But again, gym owner gets complacent and gets comfortable and doesn't want to have to. Well, I don't want to do it. Well, I, I guess I. You know, if entrepreneurship for you was a seasonal thing. In the beginning, man, when I was, you know, when I was getting started, I was so so motivated. But now that I'm on the cusp of actually making it, eh, I'm kind of backing off the pedal a little. Yeah, I just I have so much. Um, I feel bad for those people. I feel bad for those owners because I don't truly think that's who they are. I feel like they think that they're stuck, and they are because they're the ones who have put themselves in a fucked position. And until they, you know, they're willing to unfuck it themselves by making hard decisions. Because guess what? Being a business owner, it's all about problem solving and making tough decisions. If you can't do them both, you are not going to do well at this game. So, guys, uh, hopefully some of you that hit home on. I'm hoping that, like, punched some of you straight in the fucking gut. Until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.